Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. We realize that Scripture tells us that God causes all things to work together for good. And hopefully, during your grief process, no one said that to you. Because, you know, I mean, <laughs> when my parents died, and if one more person would have told me that, I think I'd have slapped them. Uh, and it, it's not that it's not true. I mean, of course it's true. Um, but it, it's not that all of these things are good, but in the midst of them, God can bring good. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast today. We are very excited to be speaking with Susan Mead. She's a blogger. She's an author. She's a speaker. And she wrote a book that has impacted the lives of, uh, of a ton of people. And it's entitled Dance with Jesus from Grief to Grace. Susan, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Jimmy and Josh, I'm so honored that y'all invited me to be here for your listeners, so thank you. I tell you, this, this book of yours has, um, has had a profound impact on a lot of people's lives, uh, and the subject matter is one that is probably the biggest fear that any parent could ever have, and that is the loss of a child. Uh, and and how a parent even wraps their brain around that. Yeah, no parent wants to, and if somebody hasn't, I invite them not to even go there. Mm -hmm. But if you have, my heart goes out to you. Now, this is about the, the, the loss of your son, Kyle, and how old was Kyle when he passed? 20, forever 20. When people ask me how old is Kyle today, it's like 20. I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> You entitled your book, Dance with Jesus, From Grief to Grace. How did you come by that title? Now the, the, one of the stories in the book is a beautiful dream that God gave me. And, Jimmy, the, the morning that we buried Kyle, I had this magnificent dream. And I saw Kyle in his blue jeans, his Scooby-Doo shirt, and his blazer. Remember how the kids used to, to get in a deep squat and kind of circled their arms while they were dancing. Oh, yeah. And, and like, it, that's what he was doing. He was in that deep squat with his arms circling. There were two hockey sticks crossed against the wall, propped up, and Jesus was mirror image dancing with him, way down low, deep squat, arms circling. And when Jesus saw me, he literally stood up and pointed his finger into my face and said, this is to bring you great joy. And then he pointed to himself and said, "Ah, I, I taught him how to dance. <laughs> Hello. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. And people wonder whether God still communicates to us through dreams. Mm, they did with me. You know, somebody else hasn't experienced that. I pray that they do because it, it was exquisitely, um, there's no earthly words to describe mm -hmm. when God's involved. Mm -hmm. But peaceful. You um you said something uh very remarkable when you when you said when you got the call that he had passed 
again, that is going to be the moment of greatest dread of that any parent can think of. And yet your quote is, the beautiful thing was that God gave me a gift. That seems to, to turn this on its head. What did you mean by that? You know, there, it's so unique when we look at everything God gives us. Because the, the Bible says what the enemy intended for harm, God did good or made good from it. And the reality is I can look back and see the gift that Kyle was in our lives, the joy and light and exuberant way that he lived. I mean, he, and he had his fair share of troublemaking stuff. But I had to look at the good and see the good and see where God was. And the beautiful thing is, I know where Kyle is. I know that he's in heaven, and that alone is a gift. And apart from our, and this is Josh, but apart from our relationship with Jesus, you know, parents that don't have the gift of salvation really cannot experience that. You know what, and that that breaks my heart to even think about, because I can't fathom how I would have been able to get up out of bed and function if I didn't have the relationship with God, the Father, His Holy Spirit, and His Son, Jesus Christ. Absolutely. That's powerful. Uh, what steps did you take that to help you overcome the pain and loss um, to really come out victorious? Great question. For me, I had to do three things. I realized that when I was looking down, I was looking at my feet and I was defeated. And that's an easy way to remember. Don't look at your feet. You'll be That'll defeated. That'll preach. <laughs> That'll preach. Thank you. The thing that I realized, too, that the Bible says the enemy's under our feet. So who was I looking at? The enemy. And my world was dark and broken. So when I looked up, I stepped out of defeat and turned my eyes from the enemy to the light of the Lord. Things changed. So I had to look up. I had to look for the light that was there. And by doing that, I saw what others had done before me. And I knew that if my friends who had lost a son or a daughter or a child were living out loud in color, I could too. It might take a while, but I could too. And the last thing, the third thing that I had to do was renew my mind daily. Mm -hmm. And that required me to get into the Word of God. I think I became a Bible gateway junkie with just word searches. What is comfort say? What is grief? What is mourn? What is joy? What is peace? Every day was a different word that would drop in my spirit, and I'd go consume the Scripture on it. Yeah, it's really – and so in our world, in our psychotherapy world, we call that cognitive therapy. But 2,000 years ago, uh, Romans 12 was written, uh, and that renewing of our mind it can be such a powerful, powerful thing even in the midst of grief. Yes. You know, grief is new for me. I didn't know how to respond to it. Was I just going to go willy-nilly wherever, or was I going to turn to the Word of God and be led to healing? So I chose to be led in the way that Scripture says to go. Absolutely. Was there any moments? Um, was there any moments of a doubt? Maybe not in your faith, um, but just that you would ever get through this. Just dark, dark moments of 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 a lack of grace and peace. You know, I think the first three to six months 
after losing a child are the hardest for every parent because you're so broken and you have no idea how to heal what you need or what, you know, is there life after death? There are all those questions. And I was so broken, I didn't know how to help my other son, Matt, or my husband, Holt. And the void was real. I mean, ragged, dark, black edges that were just raw. And a parent can fall into that and drown. And I think every parent, or many parents, let me change that from every to many, many parents experience why, my Lord, and then why bother? Mm. Why, why continue? Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do this without my child. And we do it because we trust God to get us through those deepest, darkest moments. And what I learned is God actually shines his brightest light in our darkest moments. It's um, it's it's interesting you would say that um, because, you know, we realize that Scripture tells us that God causes all things to work together for good. And hopefully during your grief process, no one said that to you because, you know, I mean, <laughs> when my parents died and if one more person would have told me that, I think I'd have slapped them. Uh, and it, it's not that it's not true. I mean, of course, it's true. Um but it's not that all of these things are good, but in the midst of them, God can bring good. Right. And uh, you were, of course, before this happened, a very prolific author and speaker beforehand, right? Actually, I was in, uh, in a high level with Johnson & Johnson at a national level. Yes. Okay. So I wrote contracts with okay. multi-million dollar implications. That was your writing. Yes. <laughs> but and and that's what I found so fascinating and inspiring is that this this mind-numbing tragedy occurred and in the midst of that sort of rising like a phoenix you find an avenue for positivity and good and healing not just for yourself but hopefully through your words and God's words through you, healing for thousands of other people. How did it even dawn on you? I'm not an author. This is not what I do. How did it come upon you that I'm going to write a book about this? I had no idea I was writing a book when Dance with Jesus was written. I literally was doing Henry Blackaby's Experiencing God. And in the workbook one night, the question says, what does God want you to do right now? And I heard that little internal spirit say, sing my love song. And Jimmy, I laughed out loud at God and said, seriously, God, you're going to have to send me a bucket because I can't carry it and you know it. And when you sass at God, he talks back to you. <laughs> I found that to be true, yes. Yes. So the next little nudge was what's in your hand, use it. So I scooted the workbook aside and got out a journal and literally just started writing and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and words just poured out onto paper at 5.30 in the morning. I crawled into bed and said, okay, well, I'm done with that. That took a little bit longer than the two lines they provided for that answer. <laughs> and then the first email I saw that afternoon was Proverbs 31, She Speaks Speakers and Writers Conference. It's like, seriously, God? <laughs> okay. So that's how that book was written. Wow, wow. Okay, so we're going to have listeners who have had this experience, um, they might be going through 
the uh, maybe the the terminal illness of a, a, a close friend or family member, or some other very life jarring tragedy. Not only having gone through what you've gone through, but having processed it the way you have, what advice would you give other people that are going through something similar? Look up. Look up. Look up. Look up. Look up. And look to God. Look into His Word, but find somebody or someone's words that can shore you up so when you fall in that deep black hole, you've got a hand to help pull you along and pull you out. And it's Winnie, this is Josh again. And when you look up, it's it's almost like you, in some ways, um, maybe even emotionally, uh, but you're lifted away from your circumstances and you're actually able to deal with them. Absolutely. For me, when I, just getting outside of that black cloud, that umbrella, I had to see beyond that bubble of grief and find a spark of hope somewhere and go towards it. Yep. In our in our practice, uh, we see um, quite a few folks that have maybe lost a child. Uh, one of the most difficult things that they deal with is just the marital relationship. What processes did you and your husband do to really protect the marriage and not divide it? One, that's a very important question because so many marriages fall apart after losing a child. I looked at Holt after losing Kyle and said, I cannot lose you too. Whatever it takes, you're worth it. You're a keeper. And I reminded him and myself that we were worth it, that he was the love of my life. And even though we're very different and we grieved very differently in Matthew 2, grieved very differently. I didn't know what I needed, so how dare I try to tell them what they needed because I didn't know. And I think so many of us assume that because I'm grieving this way, you are too, and this is what I had to do, so this is what you need to do. And quite frankly, I don't know what anybody needs except the grace to go through it the way that they need to go through it. And if I pray that they find a compassionate, caring set of people to surround them and walk with them through that process. Yeah, and that's exactly where I was about to go. So how important was community, whether it was a counselor or a pastor or friends? How important was y'all's community during this time? Absolutely critical because the enemy wants to get us alone and isolate us. And that's when we fall into that hole. And when you're when you're on the lone ranger, it's easy for the heiress to hit and hurt. So we needed that community of friends, whether I needed to laugh or cry or talk or, or not, we needed that. And one of the things that was so important for me was for people to say the name Kyle because he wasn't forgotten. He wasn't gone. He was a very big part of my life for 20 years, and it, you just don't erase that. And when people would say, oh, I didn't mean to upset you. It's like, these are tears of joy. No, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely. Celebrating. <laughs> that is powerful. Um, and thank you so much. You have had some incredibly um, gracious words to share with these families. Yeah, Susan, thank you so much. Um, is there any really final, I know that you've said so much already, but is there any final um, 
point or tip that, that you would add that maybe was on your heart that you haven't had a chance to share? You know, Jimmy and Josh, there's there's two different websites that I, I write at. Dancewithjesus.com is about the book and the different resources. So if somebody would like to go there and see a little bit about the book or get the book, go to dancewithjesus.com. And I blog at Susan B. Mead, the initial B, <laughs> like boy, M-E-A-D, SusanBMead.com. So if somebody's interested in hearing, you know, the stuff God lays on my heart each week, feel free to go there because it's going to be joy. It'll be light. Some days it'll be heavier. It just varies. And we all walk it at different times and different ways and different emotions that we tread through. So I would offer those up as as places for additional resource for the individuals that need it or want it. Yeah, and you know, we our last question is about community. Um, and absolutely, that can be a pastor and, and friends and, and other individuals yeah. within your circles. But you, Susan, you know, so as someone that has been through this can be a part of these families, communities and as, as well. So we thank you for mentioning um, your, your contact information and where you blog. Um, Susan, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we appreciate um, the gift that you are to families all over the nation and all over the world. Um, and we wish you the best of luck. I appreciate it very much. And thank you from the depths of my heart for including me in the show. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. Because, by the way, we are talking about sex today as mm-hmm. a father and a son. Mm-hmm. And you know all the references I'm making. It is me having sex with your No, mother. you're talking about clients. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've compartmentalized this, Jimbo. Good. I'm not at all thinking about y'all. So that's not all sweat on your forehead. No. Okay. No.